So welcome to the Customs House with Carlo and Phil. My name is Carlo. Uh, this is the podcast where expats come together to exchange ideas and share their stories of Asia and the world. Um, and my name is Phil. Um, in every episode of the Customs House, we hope to give you some fresh perspectives to sail away with you as you set off on your own personal adventures. In today's episode, Carlo and myself will be talking about um, our thoughts on just generally living abroad. Like, um, how did we get to where we are today? Um, what are some of the favorite things um, about living abroad? Um, what are some of the challenges that we've also had to overcome? And, you know, some of the tips and tricks that we did ourselves to um, overcome those challenges. Right. So, Phil, tell us, tell us. Yeah, I, I'm. I obviously know about how you got to living abroad. You know, we we've known each other for I don't know more than ten years now. Almost ten years, yeah. And yep. uh, you know, I think some of the listeners of this uh, first episode will be curious to find out a little bit more about your story. Uh, so for me, I, I don't think it's as it's it's. Well, I think it's it was pretty straightforward. Um, there were a lot of you know, twists and turns here and there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a Black Mirror episode? <laughs> yeah, like it sort of as a Black Mirror episode. So I guess to quickly summarize how I got to where I am today, you know, like I was just like anybody else, like graduating from Ateneo, uh, you know, fresh-eyed college student looking um, to make my mark in the world. So I started applying right away. Actually, I thought I was going to be part of like a major FMCG company. Like mm-hmm. I applied for Unilever, PNG, um, and all of those big brands, but you know, nobody ever replied back. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I tried uh, applying for advertising agencies, but same mm-hmm. thing, nobody really got, got back to me. Um, and eventually I got Man, the these, job. these guys missed out. Yeah, they missed out, they missed out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up with ABS-CBN, so the, the TV network in the Philippines. Uh, but actually, I just ended up staying there for one month um, because oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I applied for this little unknown company called World Eye Reports that um, you know that did international business reports um, from around the world, and it was really lucky. Um, I got to know about that job through somebody from the placement office of our school, and she remembered that when I w- she was my teacher in grade one, and then she remembered um, I had a, a different. I had an EU passport um, and like it was just really surprising that that was one of the things that she remembered about me is that hey Phil is a dual you know is a dual passport holder, which was one of the requirements okay. of that unique job um, and that got me basically to travel around the world to do these business reports for this company um, and then yeah we, we got to live in nine different countries during that experience uh, got tired of it eventually you know maybe uh, we can share more about the experiences from that story for another day. But eventually I got tired and I really missed the family. So I went back to the Philippines, uh, joined another TV network called GMA, uh, um, stayed there for a couple of years. But again, I, I think mm-hmm. I had that international itch again. So part of me really wanted to still work abroad and, and go out of the Philippines. So I ended up um, finding work here in Singapore and you know for those people who don't know how I got my job here in Singapore it was actually through Carlo my co-host in this podcast um, he offered me an interesting opportunity 
Uh, and now I, I offered him a job. No, 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 no. I paid him. <laughs> I paid him the bare minimum. That's what I did. <laughs> no, he, 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 he was the lighthouse. So he showed me the way to, uh, you know, getting an opportunity here in Singapore. Um, and you know, four years later, I'm still here and loving, you know, every day, every minute of it, minute of it. Uh, so th- of course there's a lot of ups and downs through that entire story, but I think that was a quick summary of my journey. Um, but I'll pass it over now to you, bro. Um, Carlo, tell us how I know that you are Mr. Mr. Worldwide um, in your own respect. <laughs> Mr. Been, Pitbull. Mr. Pitbull, you've lived and worked all different kinds of places. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got to where you are now, bro. Well, I, first thing I want to say is, uh, you know, I guess uh, now we're you, you, you and I, uh, Phil, we're, we're both even now. Uh, you actually helped get me that job with World Eye Reports as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually just a bit of a, a history check, you know, me and Phil have worked um, in two separate companies together and now we're doing this little podcast. Uh, yeah. So this could be the third, you know, venture, uh, business venture that we were working on together. Yeah, hopefully so, we surpass uh, our know, target of 10 viewers. Our <laughs> uh, we, we, we can't get enough of each other. That's that's the that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly. especially you know, with a with the whole uh, coronavirus situation, people are stuck at home. Phil and I, yeah. we're still you know, we're still talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, true friendship, man. I think that's what you call true. True friendship, friendship. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, just a little bit about me. Um, well, I. You know, like Phil and I, uh, we both grew up in the Philippines, uh, but I also spent some time in Canada, uh, also a dual citizen. Um, very fortunate about that. Um, not everybody has the opportunity to have two passports. Uh, one thing to note, I have to say, Filipinos are some of the most well-traveled people uh, in the world, in my opinion. Obviously, there are a lot of Chinese people everywhere. There are a lot of Europeans. But I would say among Southeast Asians, I, I get, we're, we're definitely up there. Yeah, we, yeah. we, you know, everywhere you go, every country that you go to, uh, whether it be um, Russia all the way to South Africa, you're going to encounter a Filipino. I even encountered a Filipino when I was in Iceland. Mm, so, you know, there will be people uh, like us everywhere. And, uh, you know, Phil and I are just the tip of the iceberg, really. But um, I, I always knew, um, just like your average Filipino, that I did want to try living abroad and working abroad at some point. Um, right after university, um, I, I actually left the, the Philippines in 2012. Um, this was after university over there. Um, I had spent, obviously, some time as a, as a child in, in Vancouver, and I always knew I wanted to go back. So I went back, uh, went to film school, actually. Uh, this was around circa 2012, 2013. And then I joined Phil at World I Report. So uh, I had the opportunity and privilege to live and work uh, across Asia, primarily uh, places like uh, Indonesia, India, uh, Taiwan. Mm. Uh, I was able to, you know, live in Amsterdam as well, in Europe. Mm, mm. But, uh, you know, after two years of doing that, I knew I wanted to change. I knew I wanted to settle down in a place a little bit longer than, than four months, which was the, uh, roughly the amount of time that we were spending in these, these places. You know, it just so happened that I stumbled across Singapore. I had friends moving here. I was also seeing somebody at the time. Uh, we had, uh, you know, this idea of coming to Singapore. Uh, we've since broken up, but I've since 
ended up loving the country and I've uh, stuck around for the last, I want to say five years now, almost five years. So mm-hmm. it's been a, a one hell of a ride for sure. And um, it's, it's definitely um, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, you know, I think I've changed uh, dramatically as a person. Yeah. Um, I've, I see things very differently from uh, the way I used to see them. Yeah. And I've been able to, you know, learn more about different people, different cultures, different ideas, really, even ideas that I don't agree with. I mm-hmm. you know, try my best to understand them. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of this podcast, really. We want to be able to, you know, exchange different perspectives and uh, understand different people's points of views yeah. and um, tell uh, different stories, really, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, different places, different experiences and different ideas. Yeah. And for those people who don't know why we call this podcast Customs House, it's, it's you know, if you think back to the 1300s or you know, the 1400s, you know, mm-hmm. sailors and merchants would come together in places called customs houses. And that's really where people came together to share their ideas, to share their stories of how, you know, they, they survived the pirate attack, you know, on their way to bringing the spices from the Philippines to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, this is, you know, our take of a modern, modern customs house where, again, like what Carlos said, we'll be sharing a lot of those perspectives and stories um, so that, you know, again, you guys have something to help push your sales in your own personal adventures. For, for um, people who've actually never been to Singapore, there is a place in Singapore called the Customs House that actually used to be the actual Customs House in Singapore facing the bay. Oh. It's obviously no longer a Customs House uh, any longer. It's now a, more of a restaurant and bar area. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. a pretty cool place to hang out. And, you know, once we do an episode on Singapore, we'll definitely... Yeah. Talk a little bit more about uh, the restaurant scene and, and that, that place in, the, yeah, in particular, yeah. that, the history of that place. Let's get them as a sponsor one day. Um, <laughs> the yeah, Customs yeah, yeah. House brought to you by the Customs, the customs House. It's a sale. Obviously, you know, you've, you've been living abroad for a while as well. And, you know, I, what are what are some of the your favorite things about living abroad? Uh, you know, there are a lot of um, obviously positives, uh, yeah. obviously from a personal perspective, personal yeah, growth perspective, yeah. but you know, there must be certain things that you just love about living yeah. abroad, yeah, right? just man. from your day to day, um, comings and goings. Yeah. Yeah. I think number one would be, I don't know. There's, there's something about, there's something about me where every now and then I, when I see that I'm in Singapore, I tell myself, wow, you're in Singapore. You're in a different country. You're working in this place. And especially like my office, um, my office now is in the central business district. When I look up sometimes and I just see that I'm in the CBD of Singapore, I just sometimes get that feeling of like, wow, hey, you made it here. Like you survived. Um, that's, actually, that's actually something that I feel, I feel like was very unique that to have that feeling of somewhat of some kind of accomplishment. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, that was because like, you know, being where I am today was one of my goals. So I think that's one of my favorite things now is just having that interesting to be in this interesting position that we are in and to feel somewhat successful in in my own eyes. Um, But of course, like aside from, aside from, aside from those I think very 
emotional things. One of the favorite things that I love about Singapore is the the food, man. Like, you know, the thing about here in Singapore is that you can get all sorts of cuisines, like from Indian to to Thai to Vietnamese in one little hawker center. Yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, and uh, of course, wonderful Chinese food. Carlo was just pointing out to a photo <laughs> Uh, for those that don't called... know, I just pointed at my <laughs> background. We're on a Zoom call at the moment, and yeah. uh, I have Sweet Chun, the dim sum place, as my background on Zoom. Which we should get as a sponsor again in the future. We should. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think like the food is also, in a way, a representation of the culture here, which I also love. Um, I, I love working in like a very multicultural location where sometimes if you close your eyes, if you're in, this, in the CBD and you just listen, you get to hear about five to six different languages just passing by you. Um, and of course, that, that kind of leads to a lot of you know, eye-opening. You get to see a lot of piece of the world. You get, to see a lot, you get to hear a lot of these interesting perspectives. So that's why um, every time I hear somebody who's thought about working abroad, I always try to tell them, hey, do it. Go do it. You, know? you don't have to... I mean... It doesn't have to be something permanent, but, but again, even I think spending a year of working and living abroad just really opens up someone's eyes. So I think those would be some of the few things. Uh, I know I said a lot there, but um, I tend to be really passionate about living abroad. So I could spend maybe- You know, I, I really like what you said that. up front, the, the whole part about just being thankful uh, about being yeah. in, in such a world-class place like Singapore. I mean, not everybody has the opportunity to, to live in a place like here or, or like uh, Hong yeah. Kong or London, New York, Tokyo, Agreed. for that matter. So um, I think that that's something that people tend to forget, you yeah. know, especially if they've been here for a very long time. Just a plain and simple gratitude of being able to have, you know, that opportunity to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. work in such a great place. Yeah. Well, of course, like there were some challenges um, that we had to overcome to get to where you and I are now, but we'll, we'll get into that later on. But how about you, man? Like what would be some of the favorite things about living abroad that, um, that you, you, you yourself like? Man, for me personally, you know, I, this, this might not, this might be a little bit foreign to, you know, maybe some of our uh, uh, non-Asian viewers uh, or listeners, uh, but obviously Asian culture uh, prides itself in family a lot. And, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, living and, and breathing uh, your family until you get married, for example. Um, I always knew from a very uh, early age that I wanted to be financially independent from a very uh, young age. And I think that's the most important thing to me. That, that's my favorite thing about living abroad is I get, to, especially in a place like Singapore, where uh, you know there are so many opportunities, I get to be financially independent. I get to make my own decisions. I get to choose where I live. I get to choose what I do on a daily basis. Uh, I get to, do, to choose where I travel. Um, again, this, this might sound very privileged to me. Uh, not everybody has the opportunity to do so, um, whether it be through visa restrictions or um, just plain, uh, you know, where they were brought up or how they were, you know, how they were yes, educated, yeah. for example. But you know, I don't think uh, it should be uh, a hindrance, or you know, the, 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 there are things that people can control, uh, yeah. but there are things that you can take into your own hands and make the most out of. And I've heard of, um, you know, the most interesting bunch of people here in Singapore who've come here, whether they're from Indonesia 
or uh, you know, I've I've met a couple of people from Eastern Europe or wherever. Like these people have been so driven by their passion uh, to make a living somewhere else, and they're doing it. They're living and breathing it. And yeah. I think that everybody, no matter the circumstance, should uh, really aim for what they want to achieve. If it's living abroad, then you should do it. Yeah. Um, other things I love about living abroad, obviously, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, the, the different variations of uh, cuisines here, the restaurants and mm. bars and the nightlife, obviously. Um, but also just the opportunity to interact with different people. I, yeah. I, I really pride myself or not really pride myself. I really am passionate about you know learning more about other people's perspectives. So uh, I love learning. I love uh, discovering new things, and that's what I love about living in a new place. It doesn't have to be Singapore. If I was yeah. in the middle of uh, you know Mongolia or the middle <laughs> of Eastern you know uh, sorry Central Asia, for example, I would still find I would still try my best to find a way to make the most out of it and learn more. Agree. agree. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I uh, love. Really, it's um, it's uh, I guess to summarize everything is just really a breath of fresh air to to be able to see uh, something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you, man. Like I think like seeing all of these different things does again have that impact. Um, and speaking about, I think talking to learning about cultures and speaking to people. I remember just this cr crazy story I had in, in India where uh, we were in a project um, for India from one of my old jobs. And then uh, we got to know some of the, some of the people from New Delhi. Um, we had a, about a couple of friends there that we would hang out with. Um, they would show us around, go to you know, certain restaurants that, you know, that were not part of the guidebook. Um, but mm. apart from that experience, actually, the thing that stood out for me was they, we, we got so close that they actually invite, invited me and a couple of other friends to eat at the house of, you know, one of our, one of our friends and have an authentic home-cooked Indian meal by this lovely Indian mom. Um, oh it, was a it was a vegetarian meal, but honestly, it was, the, you know, the most the most delicious Indian meal I've ever had. Um, the Indian hospitality, man, it's, it's just very different. Um, and I think I wouldn't have I, experienced that if I wasn't as open as you've been saying, uh, if I didn't kind of really push myself also to just try to understand what is life like for the other person. Um, I yeah. think I would probably have followed the regular guide route. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a, I think that was an, unique experience. So, so for a little bit of context as well, I, uh, my, my grandparents uh, immigrated to the Philippines during the uh, Chinese Civil War back in the, I, I, I want to say the 40s or 50s. Um, so I've always had a keen interest in understanding more about my heritage. Uh, so I went back to China. I've never lived there, obviously, but I, you know, I, I just went backpacking around China. This was about two, three years ago. Uh, for about a month, and it's a very similar story to you, Phil. I was uh, in this northeastern city of China called Harbin, one mm. of the coldest places on the planet. I was freezing my balls off. It was maybe <laughs> minus 10, and I, I just literally had a pair of jeans 
Yeah. And I just put on all the clothes in my backpack. Good strategy. Um, so basically, you get there, and, and nobody speaks English, and my Chinese is horrible. Um, I, I get there, and I was trying my best to find the, host, the hostel that I booked. And um, I was circling this, this block where it was supposed to be uh, located at. Couldn't find it. I ended up going into a hotel to ask for directions and ask for help in my broken Chinese. The owner of the hostel eventually picked me up. Um, and then we actually had a meal together. This was probably like 10, 11 p.m. Oh. They had a hot pot and they were just like, you want to have some hot pot? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> it was just literally the, the woman. She was probably like in her late 30s. And then her husband, also in his late 30s. They were the owners of the hostel and, you know, they Whoa. didn't really speak English that well. I didn't speak Chinese that well. And we were able to communicate to a certain extent uh, with uh, Google, not no Google, by the way. So I was using another app, but uh, we were able to use some translators uh, to, to help us out. And it was, a, yeah. I can't remember in particular what we talked about, but it was a great experience nonetheless. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I could just imagine like little Carlo wandering around the city, uh, the streets of Harbin, you know, <laughs> freezing to death. I was literally at some at one point. I I thought I was. Am I going to have to sleep on the street or something? Like, <laughs> I can't find this place. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I would have yeah. never found it once we actually entered the building. It was on the sixth floor of a nondescript building. Like the the name of the hostel was this small. Yeah, it was just. Uh, you would have never found it. Well, I'm glad you found it, man. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you survived and you're here today to tell us that story. Um, <laughs> but I think like, okay. And I appreciate Singapore heat a lot more now. Sure. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm actually a, a cold weather person than a, than a hot weather person. So I don't know. Same, I, yeah. I might prefer the Harbin over the heat of Singapore. But anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about then. Okay, that was an interesting experience where you had some challenges, you know, that's, that's, yep. that's a pretty, pretty difficult situation. I mean, it could have gone either way. And, you know, I, I'm, and that's why, again, I'm glad that you found a way to just get through, through that experience. But how about let's talk about some of the challenges about living abroad that people might be thinking about or people uh, might assume would already be correlated to living and working abroad. Um, sure. I know that you and I had to go through some ups and downs, um, but yeah. I think like, you know, how about you, man? Like, was there any particular experience that you felt like, wow, this is, this, this is a major speed bump. Um, mm -hmm. and then how you, how you kind of got around that? Well, you know, some people romanticize living and working abroad, you know, they, they put it on this pedestal and think that it's all roses and daisies when it's actually not. You know, there are a lot of challenges to living abroad. Obviously, with a distance to your family, that's a big part of that. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not one to normally get homesick. I, I generally don't really get homesick. I uh, keep close contact with my family at home. I talk to them on a regular basis. Um, but there was this one this is just an interesting story. There was one time that I had ever, uh, the only one and only time that I'd ever gotten homesick was the first time I had landed in India. Oh. Uh, I had no idea. I, like, I didn't know much about India, anything at all, really. And I had landed in Bangalore as my first point of entry in, in, uh, in India. And it was interesting learning that, uh, so I had landed in the airport, 
got in my cab to my uh, service department. And as you enter the city of Bangalore, um, this was about maybe 10 p.m., the streets are dead. Mm. This is southern India where um, apparently I'd learned afterwards that people tend to go home and um, stay in pretty yeah. much every evening. People don't really go out. It was a, an interesting discovery for me, um, given the fact that in Southeast Asia primarily and most of Asia, things are bustling at 10 p.m. You know, there are street vendors on the street selling food, um, cars everywhere. But in this particular place, it was just dead quiet. Mm. Um, and that was the beginning of my India adventure. Mm. Um, my first few days there were, were challenging from a standpoint that was just completely foreign to me. Mm. Uh, and how did I get over that? I just, you know, um, was, I relied on my teammates. Uh, we were all there together to stick through this um, uh, all at the same time. And I also made it a point to get to know the culture and to know, get to know the, the city I was in. And I think that that really helped with the coping uh, uh, with these, uh, you know, obviously homesickness kind of challenges that I was facing. But in particular, I think um, in general, among all the places that I lived in, I think the main challenge is always going to be, you know, creating a network. Mm, you go yeah. to a new place, you move to a new place, you don't know anybody. Uh, with World Eye Reports, our previous job, we had to move around and, you know, pretty much start from scratch in every, you know, every four months. Same, same thing happened here when I moved to Singapore. I barely knew anybody. I had maybe one or two friends that I knew of in Singapore. So what did I do? I wasn't just going to rely on their friends. I had to make my own friends. So I went out, I went to, you know, meetups. I, I went to, you know, go to expat kind of like networking events. And, you know, one thing to know, I think some people go into these events thinking that they're going to find lifelong friends or mm. um, people that you extremely connect with. You're always going to have hit or, hits and misses. Uh, you're going to meet people that you might not, uh, keep in touch with uh, yeah. two, three years down the road. They might be friends for the month, for example, uh, flavor of the month. But um, you might get lucky. You never know. I, I still have friends today that I still uh, keep in touch with here in Singapore and elsewhere that I met with, you know, my first couple months here, you know, one of those parties. And it's just about putting yourself out there. I know it's easier said than done. You know, you and me, Phil, I think we're a little bit luckier in that sense. We're a little bit more extroverted, a little bit more out there. Yep. We like to talk to people. Um, and I know it's challenging for people who don't, uh, aren't comfortable with that. Uh, but, you know, I think it'll uh, pay dividends in the long run if you uh, make the effort. And I think that uh, you'll be less lonely, it'll be more enriching, and yeah. it'll also be more interesting um, uh, in, in the city that you're living in. Yeah, man, yeah. What was it like when How you... How about you? Uh, well, for me, um, I think it was, it's always day one, right? Like, hmm. more than the connections and more than the friends, I think when you arrive in a new place where you're going to be living for the short or long foreseeable future, um, it's just that feeling of not knowing anything at all about where you are. It's, it's like, it's like, you, 
don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit hard to explain, actually. Like, I remember when I first arrived in Singapore, I was really worried to get through immigration. It's always, it's always a, it's always a word. I don't know. Like for, <laughs> for some weird reason, immigration is always scary. Doesn't yeah. matter if you've done anything wrong or not. It's just yeah, like, I had all the papers. Like, <laughs> I had all the papers. The, the immigration officer, if I remember correctly, that I, I, I first had a conversation with was the nicest guy. He was just like, oh, welcome to Singapore. Oh, you're gonna work, are you going to work here for a long time? And I was like, yes, sir. And then, oh, have a, have a wonderful experience. So, but and then it's, it's, it's still like, I don't know, using from a, it's like you, even though that you know you made the right decision to, to, to go into this new experience, there is still a lot of that uncertainty. I feel like, Okay, I'm not saying like I'm, a, I'm like Magellan, but I kind of get a sense of like when he was sailing across the Pacific Ocean, he knew that he, there was a destination, but he just didn't know the route. So I feel like mm-hmm. when I was a first time expat here in Singapore, I knew the destination. I knew that, okay, my, my work, this is what I'm going to do for work. This is my goal. But it's just scary to not know a lot of the specifics that I think we would have been given um, by like a lot of our mentors, a lot of our teachers, a lot of our friends. Um, so I think that that was that that uncertainty. I think for me was the biggest hurdle. Um, but I think for me, what worked was just putting myself in uncomfortable positions. Like, for example, knowing the first group of people that I eventually met here in Singapore was actually because of you, man. Like, if you don't if you don't remember, like you were the first one that actually got me to join one of these parties where, you know, I got to meet a couple of other expats, a lot of Filipinos, a lot of you know, non-Filipinos. Um, but that was uncomfortable for me because, you know, I'm, I, I'd say I'm somewhat of, more of an ambivert. Um, but I think that was one of the, the things that being an expat really does to you is it will put you in a lot of uncomfortable situations where you don't know what to do. Um, but you just have to do something and you just have to eventually decide and then just go with your decision and just kind of power your way through. Um, because I'm trying it's to like, put, It's like yeah. those first day jitters, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I was afraid of making mistakes right away. Um, mm-hmm. I was afraid of making like, okay, am I going to go on the wrong train to get to my, to my apartment? Uh, yeah. I had housemates at the time. So I was thinking like, okay, when I meet my housemates, are they going to be like horrible people or, or how do I kind of make sure that I make a good first impression? So was, there was a lot yeah. of things just going in my head, but um, eventually I, I kind of found my, my way through. I found my footing. Um, I was able to navigate eventually and get to where I am today because of that. But I think it was looking back at it. I think it was an enjoyable experience because to not know, and then to eventually see what's at the end of the tunnel is really just a unique experience that I think only living and working abroad can give you. I remember, Ben, we were, we were talking in the months leading up to you moving here. Yeah. And did you have a project in Singapore? What was it your first time? No, living no, no, in no. Uh, I was in Singapore when I was like nine years old as a tourist. So I got to see like the sites, oh, wow. which a lot of them weren't here already because that's how fast Singapore grew. Like, so from age nine to uh, like uh, what, four well, years 20, ago, 28, 28, yeah, 20, 26, 26, 28. Yeah. So, like that. so you had never, you hadn't nope. set 
foot in Singapore for over nope. 20 years. Nope. Before you moved here. No, man. No. Uh, it's an adventure. That's crazy. Is that? It's, 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 it was really an adventure, man. Like, uh, but again, I, I was thankful that I found people like you. Uh, I found, you know, friends like, you know, Rishi and Andro, uh, who will probably have guests in our future episodes in the future. But again, I wouldn't have known you guys if I didn't really push myself to, to, you know, to be more out there, to explore, explore Singapore, to, to try new things. Um, I could have... Yeah, so taking a bit of a chance, yeah. right? You know, you had a comfortable life. You know, you have, you have a support system exactly. uh, back home. Yeah. And you're just basically dropping everything to try something different. Yeah. You have no idea how it's going to turn out. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's a, that's a fun part, right? You don't know what, what, what it's going to be, but um, that's why, I, again, like I would love people to experience that same thing. Although in the beginning, it will definitely be challenging. Um, but again, if once you overcome that challenge, it's, it's really like something that you cannot get from anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's next for you? Are you going to be here for a while? Or what do you think? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I think I'm in a good spot. I feel like I'm in a good company. I'm in a good spot. Um, I like Singapore for, for you know, the the openness of the country, the the food, of course, um, the people that I know already here, the friends. Um, it's also very close to the Philippines, so I don't feel as far away from my family as compared to when I was working, let's say, for example, in Canada. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's a, it's what it's like a three hour flight which is, it's, it's, it's almost nothing. So I feel like I'm going to be here for a while. How about you, man? I, know I think you're, so too, man. I so, think I'm going to be here for a while. Singapore is awesome. We're going to talk about Singapore quite a bit. Obviously, we're a Singapore-based podcast, <laughs> but we're not just going to be talking about Singapore in the next few episodes. Uh, you know, we're going to be covering, you know, very interesting places from uh, a lot of Asia. Uh, we don't, we'll be talking about uh, places like Jakarta, Ho Chi Minh, Tokyo, yeah. uh, Korea, for example. Yeah. Uh, we'll maybe even have a Philippines special uh, down the road. Um, but this is really just uh, you know a sampling of what we have in store uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're also going to talk about like a lot of interesting topics like productivity. You know, from being an expat, from an expat's perspective, some social how. You know, you can go through some social interactions. I think especially now where things have changed so much just in the past few weeks because of, of course, COVID-19. Um, so we'll also be talking about those unique, those unique perspectives and I guess characteristics. Um, for again, for anybody who's ever thought about working or living abroad, like we hope that this podcast is going to be kind of like your map. Um, to getting again through your per own personal adventure. I mean, again, a lot of people talk to me and Carlo about like, hey, you guys did this. I I've always thought about doing that. I'd love to do that. And, you know, aside from us just telling them all the time, like you should just do it. Um, this podcast hopefully gives those people um, some tips and tricks and some interesting insights on um, what it's like and how to be an expat like us. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great way to end our first episode, Phil. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that's us signing off for today. Please do follow us on our social handles, uh, Instagram.com slash the Customs House Podcast. Search us up. 
will be there. Um, keep uh, keep posted. Uh, sorry, keep yourselves posted rather as to when our next episodes are going to drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at uh, some somewhat of a weekly or bi-weekly kind of episode uh, sort of structure. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. We want to hear your stories. If you want to be featured on our podcast, if you want to ask questions to us or any of our guests, please feel free to write to us uh, and we'll be happy to feature you guys on our show. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody. And stay safe. And we'll see, see you all soon.